This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. No, not really. That was lame. But my guest today comes to the Alley on the Run show straight from the Today Show. It's not Al Roker. Yosef Herzog is a stage manager at Today. So be prepared. I'm about to spend the next hour nerding out on all things Today Show because I just love it so much. I love live television and I'm totally fascinated by Yosef's job. As stage manager at Today, Yosef is in charge of making sure everyone is in the right place at the right time from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. And he's in charge of making sure the show goes off without a hitch, or at least without any hitches that us viewers at home would notice. When he's not ushering celebrities from the green room to Studio 1A at Rockefeller Center, or, you know, hanging out with Savannah, Hoda, Al, Willie, and Carson, Yosef is on the run. He has a super inspiring story, and I'm going to let him tell it, but the short version is that Yosef went from a college volleyball player to getting out of breath just from bending over to tie his shoes. Four years later, Yosef is a 3.30 marathoner who lost 50 pounds through good old-fashioned hard work in spite of a very exhausting work schedule. Okay, let's bring out Yosef, who is here to graciously indulge all my nosy Today Show questions, among others. Yosef, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I am super excited to have you here today. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. All right. Like we start any good run, we start with a warm up. Super easy. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. My name is Yosef Herzog. I'm from Brooklyn originally. I grew up in Flatbush um, before it was cool to be from Brooklyn. <laughs> it's not fun when I grew up, but uh, Flatbush, um, I work at the Today Show at NBC. I'm a stage manager there, and I currently live on the Upper West Side. All right, I'm about to nerd out on like Today Show stuff for the next hour, so I hope you're down with that. Two years ago, I was at the Today Show for a Celine Dion concert, and I got to be in a post-concert segment and on the way out, I like lost my guy, Alex, who was supposed to like show me how to get out of the studio. I do remember. And you led me out and I was like, can I see where Wrangler hangs out? And you let me go in the orange room and you took a picture of me holding Wrangler's scrapbook. I completely remember. You were part of uh, a segment where we pulled people from the crowd to yes. answer Celine Dion trivia. Yes. And I won, which I don't think I should have. If you watch it back, it's very clear that I shouldn't have won. But I think that's, that's the beauty of live TV. Uh, it was a very exciting day for me. It was literally the best day of my life. And that's the day I met you. So... You know, I really honestly <laughs> forgot that connection until you just brought it up. Well, happy happy to jog your memory. And um, if you have any pull, I would love to get Celine Dion on the show. So mm. I don't know if you guys kept in touch. I know that we definitely didn't. So that's too bad. Let me, let me work bad. on that. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. So you work at the Today Show, which I think is awesome. Is it true that you didn't have a TV growing up? That is true. That is true. I grew up um, in a pretty uh, Orthodox Jewish household. And we did not have a television past uh, when I was age six. I'd say the last thing I remember watching on my own TV was Thundercats or Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and after that, it just became, uh, yeah, a lot of books and me sneaking off to friends' houses to watch TV there. So did that make you more intrigued by TV or was it just not a part of your life? I mean, if you're sneaking off to watch TV at a friend's house, I assume part of you was like this. 
box is cool. Yeah, definitely intrigued. <laughs> it was kind of like depriving a kid of of candy or food they want. They're just they're just going to find it and binge on it. And that's what happened to me. But you went on to get your career start in finance, not in television. So tell me yes. about that decision. I guess growing up, I didn't realize I mean, obviously people work in television. I just didn't think it was a path offered and available for me. And I went through the motions in school studying subjects I was thought we were supposed to be studying and choosing a major I was supposed to choose and all these things where I thought it was supposed to happen. I didn't realize that you can actually kind of form your own path until a little later. And um, once I kind of came to that realization, I started pursuing how do I work in television? And how do I become a part of this? So what was that aha moment? Was it like you were finally a grown up and you got to have a TV and and got intrigued? Or what was the like finance isn't for me <laughs> moment? It was while I was working in finance and I'd been in touch with someone who um, I knew through a friend who worked at NBC and we had met for coffee and I was telling him um, kind of where I was uh, in my career and what I wanted to do. And he said, you sound like you should apply for something called the page program at NBC. And at that point I had only heard of it from pop culture, from 30 rock, but, uh, it, it really sounded like the perfect entrance if I wanted to do something like that. But I thought it was a total far reach since I had no experience. Yeah. So how did you get it? I have a couple friends who have been through the page program. It's literally harder to get into than Harvard. So how did you get into the page program? I think they really liked that I was throwing away something stable for something that paid $10 an hour. And I think that the management thought that was something that showed how passionate I was, which I was. I was passionate and I guess it came through <laughs> when they saw what I was giving up. Which to my parents a nice was paycheck is my guess. Everything, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were your parents supportive, or were they like, "No, keep your steady, nice finance career"? A little bit of both. They thought I was crazy, but um, and when, once once they uh, kind of wrapped their minds around it, they got on board. And were you living on your own at the time? Uh, no, I lived with roommates. Okay, but on your own. I mean, you weren't living at home. Yes. Okay, that's correct. And you were like, "I can support myself on ten dollars an hour. It'll be fine." Yeah, I said, thankfully, I've had a, a pretty great job um, that paid well for the last couple of years. So, you know, let me try this now while I have limited responsibilities. And, and how old were you? I was 24 when I started the PAGE program. Okay, so PAGE program is how long? Uh, it's officially 12 months long. And while you're there, they kind of rotate you through these different assignments at different TV shows or departments at NBC to kind of get a feel for different areas of the company. Uh, and in between those assignments, uh, you give the studio tours. And the idea being at the end of the year, um, you make enough connections that an opportunity presents itself by the end of those 12 months and you kind of land somewhere that is a good fit for you. And does pretty much everyone in the PAGE program end up getting a job at NBC? Not necessarily at NBC, but most, I would say, are placed or employed somewhere after the page program so as you you get into the program were you like I want to be at the today show did you know what you wanted to do because there's so many different parts of television that obviously I think most viewers don't know we know that there's like the people on screen and maybe some camera people there's obviously a lot more than that did you know what part of of it all you wanted to be in yes I, I knew I wanted to work in production I didn't know what that meant at the time it was just this word which I thought was kind of synonymous for logistics and planning, which I'd always been 
good at and, and kind of prioritizing different things. And I didn't realize all those different features and characteristics could be kind of lumped together in the job I have now. And I knew I went to work in production. And when this job presented itself and I kind of uh, went through training and everything, it seemed like a really good fit. So are you just thrown to the wolves when you're in the page program? Are they just like day one, you're working on, you know, whatever show and you'll figure it out? So they put you through this week long uh, training program first. So you get a whole week to learn it all. I think it's a little different the way the program structured up. But when I was there, you were assigned to a more senior page. And then you and the other people that started on your day would go through this week long training of learning how to give the tours, um, how to uh, be a page on a specific show like at the time Late Night with Jimmy Fallon or uh, the Dr. Oz show was just starting up at our studios, things like that, how to deal with the audience. And at the end of the week, we were tested on this giant trivia book of NBC Wait, that sounds fun. Is it fun or is it terrifying? It's fun if your job didn't depend on it. Okay, can you you get me a copy of that? Can I take some of those quizzes? Because my job doesn't depend on it. I just really want to take the quizzes. You know, the knowledge was so obscure for some of it, ranging from announcers for NASCAR to... I don't want that category. ...historical... Uh, uh, shows that have been in specific studios, like what your Jeopardy aired. I love Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Wait, started, but Jeopardy's not on NBC. It's not, but it started in one of those studios. Oh, bring it back! Come on, NBC. I watch it every night. I'll get on that too. I'm, yeah, you, you, are you <laughs> starting a, a to-do list? list? Yeah, it's gonna grow. Allie's, just FYI, Allie's, <laughs> Allie's wish list. Christmas is coming. So after this week, if you pass the test, which you did, eventually you do. So even if someone doesn't you know the idea is they they want them to succeed so everyone passes and then you start giving these tours until you get your first assignment and the first do you remember your first tour yes were you I terrified do remember my first tour i was terrified um i believe it was with uh yeah my page friend serena and you know i was just trying to soak in everything and you go in this little like video studio where the, the the tour starts with this NBC history video and you hit the chimes and kind of sunk in there. It ding, was, it was, yeah, oh. it was really cool. I mean, just getting into the whole program was such a, such a process. There's, there's like three or four rounds of interviews. You have to prepare presentations in front of your peers and, and a panel. What was your presentation about? Um, so for the last interview uh, part that you have to go through, it's called the panel interview. And it consists of three rounds in itself. So you kind of go around the table answering a question that they throw out there to everybody. So there could be 10 other applicants. It's like Miss America. Yeah. And they ask you something and everyone's got to give an answer that's unique to them. So if you go last, you know, you kind of get stuck almost repeating something. What was the question? Do you remember? I do not. That question was not memorable. Um, But the next round, you know, was kind of a one on one. They'd throw everyone else out except for you. And then the last one. Um, was your panel presentation. Actually, I can go back. The question was about a time that you had to um, succeed where you face adversity from your bosses, something like that. That's what it was. You know, yeah, nothing That's like stereotypical. You can do better, NBC. Exactly. The the question was I bet it's different now. (laughs) Probably. And the panel, you just kind of get up there and you have to speak for two minutes in front of this panel of NBC HR executives and management. And the idea being that they have to see that you can give these timed tours since they're all stacked throughout the day. If one goes long, they all get messed up. So they're very it's like a specific. soul cycle class. Yeah. 
It's like a very specific soul cycle <laughs> class, exactly. With lots of studio information in the process. How old is too old to apply for the page program? Honestly, um, I mean, I was 24 and probably on, on the older side, but there was someone who was a page with me at the time who was 29. So 33 an, is pushing it. He had an it. Emmy already. And now he actually works with me at the Today Show. He's one of our senior producers. So, you know, I don't think it's ever too old if you can... I'm really passionate. <laughs> I want to do it, it so bad. <laughs> okay. So you become a page. Yeah. What was the first show you worked on? First show I worked on, which was a good transition from my background, was a show called Fast Money at CNBC, where I spent half the day at our CNBC headquarters in Englewood and half the day in the studio for the show, which was live at the NASDAQ studios in Times Square every day. That's cool. It was really cool. And did you, were you immediately drawn to live TV? Yeah, immediately. I mean, my, my responsibilities ranged from uh, running the scripts to the anchors, dealing with the guests in the green room, bringing them on set. And I worked closely with the stage manager there, Brad. And, you know, I kind of got a feel for the show and learned a lot in the process. So when did you end up at the Today Show? So my assignment after that, I applied for at the Today Show, specifically the assignment called the Green Room page, where you work in the green room and you work closely with the stage managers, um, corralling and uh, accounting for all the guests, making sure they're where they need to be at any specific time, whether it's hair or makeup or in front of the camera in the studio. And you work with the stage managers to make sure that all happens on time so they all make their hits. And their hits? Their hits. That's what we call the... That's a cool time. term. Yes. So that's like when they go on. Yeah. That's like three, two, one, air. What is the countdown before... The, the countdown for me is is probably the extent of, of my finance degree that I still use, where I count down from 10. Okay. But, um, you know, that's, that's as far as my... <laughs> what do the anchors get from, like, the guy in charge? They get, like, a silent, like, three, two, one with their hands, or how do they know when it's time to go? Um, so that's that's for me. That's, that's the cue oh, I'm giving. You're that and guy. I'm taking it in my ear from uh, my associate director who accounts for the timing of the show. And she sits in a control room downstairs for me. And along with the director... It, they're directing the show from the control room, making sure the graphics happen on screen when they're supposed to, the cameras uh, look good and are taken when they're supposed to and put on the air. But on the floor, I'm kind of their eyes and ears and an extension. So they're telling me how much time we have left for a segment, uh, where we're going next, or what camera they should be looking at. And I'm doing my best to make that happen. So you're basically Savannah and Hoda's boss. No. Like that's what... <laughs> everyone would agree on it sounds like that's how <laughs> i'm hearing not. it but basically <laughs> all work together you oh that's so yeah, that's it's... a very nice way of saying it so okay so how did you end up do you like say where you would like to be or how do, how does the like job placement work within nbc well during my my page year when i applied for the tissue assignment and i and they took me um i was there for a good a good portion of time since the girl I trained right after me left early for a job. So they brought me back to finish out her assignment too. Perfect. So I was, I was essentially there from September, uh, 2009 till about February, 2010, right after the Vancouver Olympics. Um, and during that time I got to meet a lot of people at the show, the producers, the anchors and the crew. And then I went on to do a couple more assignments. Um, one at late night with Jimmy Fallon, one at Saturday night live. And then when my year was over, uh, opportunity, uh, an opening presented itself and they remembered me and reached out and it was just kind of, uh, you know, that classic combination of timing and, and opportunity. So 
So a lot of networking involved in terms of yeah, that's, you know, that's your meeting whole people. Year. Yeah. Give some advice to everyone listening about how to be good at networking. Uh, take advantage of the connections you already have and ask for new connections. You know, ask your friends or existing connections who else they know that they think you might be beneficial to talk to. Things like that. All right. So you started the Today Show. Is mm-hmm. this the Katie Couric era or the Meredith Vieira era? This was Meredith Vieira. Oh, I love them both so much. They're amazing. So I started as a production assistant and... Um, I spent a year as a PA at the show, and it was great. I did things from building our rundown to running scripts. What's a rundown? A rundown is just kind of a roadmap of a, of a live show okay. or any show. It tells exactly what's going to happen and where it's going to happen at any specific time. And then when that year was over, um, uh, the director and one of our production managers kind of uh, offered me this opportunity to train with the stage managers and to kind of see if it was a good fit. And it was, and that was uh, almost eight years ago. And congratulations. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about your day. What time do you have to wake up to be at the Today Show? So my call time is between 4 and 4.30, depending on the day. So my alarms start going off at 3.30. That does not mean it's I the get middle out of, of the bed night. at 3.30. Yeah, it's most definitely the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a morning person, contrary to... Well, I was going to say, you're either, like, when you're talking about the shows, you're either working SNL and Late Night or Today Show. There's not a lot of, like, 9 to 5 there. I, I think I've I've reprogrammed myself <laughs> forcibly to be a morning person, but if, if I had to choose morning person or night person, I'd choose night person. Okay. Yeah, any day. So I, I get there uh, around that time, and then, you know, it's up and running. Everything that has to happen before the show goes on the air at 7... So anything from rehearsals, if we have any musicians on that day, to having camera meetings with our director and the cameraman and deciding what camera is going to shoot what and where people will go during this fashion segment, who turns which way and all the things, all the different beats that everyone has to hit. We uh, speak out and rehearse before the show so that when we go on the air, everyone knows exactly what they have to do. Are you the only you? Are there multiple stage managers or are you the guy? There are a few. I work on a team with other stage managers. But like you're the best one. You're all a team. We are a great team. You're a great team. I know. I just don't know them. So it's like this is my loyalties here right now, but we'll get them all on the show. It'll be great. Okay. So that time between 4.30 and 7 when they go on air, does that time go by really fast or is it like a work day to you where it's like it's the first couple hours of your work day? It does go by quickly, uh, but I'd say the show usually goes by even faster. And once we're on the air, it kind of just, everything just happens. And by the time you know it, it's 11 <laughs> and my day's done. So you work on all the parts of the Today Show. You do the like first two hours where it's the news. You do the third hour. You do um, Kathy Lee when she comes less, out. Yeah. I okay. mean, we work from the beginning of the show until after the fourth hour is finished. So what's your favorite part? What's your favorite hour of the Today Show? It's it's hard to say. They all have they all have their you know their their benefits and their ups and downs. Um, you know the the first hour is is always where everyone gets their news from. So it's 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 always such a privilege to be part of it to work on that to this this historic show that's been on the air since you know 1952, and to hear from my friends and their families. Oh, I love the show. I grew up watching it, and to know that I'm part of that every day. So those first two hours are kind of that mecca of the show so it's it's yeah it's special 
What's the vibe like when there's big breaking news overnight? So when everyone's coming in at 4.30 and something, you know, there was some huge development, whether it was, you know, natural disaster, political, whatever. Um, are people used to that at this point or is it stressful? Both. Both. I mean, if news happens overnight, um, although I come in between 4 and 4.30, there is a team who's always on call, um, a crew and a team of producers and someone, uh, an on-air talent in case someone needs to go on the air, someone's available for it. So if news breaks overnight, they deal with it. You know, it's, it's happened all the time. And if news happens while we're on the air, that happens too. And we change the show on the fly. Our producers will decide what the new segments will be. And we just scrap the whole plan and work on the fly. And sometimes we're on the air well past 11 because we'll have to update the show for the West Coast. So that could happen until almost 1 p.m. So are there times that you have a guest who's supposed to go on at like the end of the second hour to show their like steals and deals, Jill and her steals and deals. And it's like, sorry, we're just not getting to you today. And they have, you send them back home. Absolutely. And our regulars, you know, they're, they're pros they know right. that happens. And if they have to get scrapped one day, no one ever stands there and says, no, but Cries. I want to be on TV. I they're, would. They're all professionals. They know they'll go home and they'll come back at different no, time. No, I would stay. Day. Cut to Feller. I mean, listen, if we have serious weather and it's breaking news, you know, we're not going to be... Uh, Al can handle it. Uh, absolutely. He's a pro. Uh, what is the biggest challenge of working on live TV? The biggest challenge sometimes is just getting all the parts where they need to be for the moment we go on the air. You know, with live TV, there's, there's no redos. Sure, we can fix something for a different time zone or for a rerun, but if you're watching on the East Coast... And something airs like it happened. There's no, you can't put you can't put that back in a bottle. It's it's out there. I mean, you've been there. You've had your role for eight years. Is it stressful or is the stress part of it? Uh, it is stressful. And when the show's on the air, you know, that's that's when it's it can be stressful. If things are happening on the fly or something doesn't go according to plan, you know, one piece of the equipment isn't working or. You know, someone does or goes somewhere they weren't supposed to during a segment and kind of throws us off kilter. It gets a little stressful, but you got to kind of maintain that sense of calmness, especially for, for the role I have. You know, I'm, I'm looked to to kind of manage the studio in a way where I try my best to remain calm, even when internally I'm freaking, freaking out, out sometimes. Yeah, that <laughs> definitely happens. Are there certain, I know you're not going to name drop, I respect it. Are there certain guests that come on the show, like celebrity guests or, you know, any type of guests who, when you see their name on the schedule, you're like, oh, this could go any crazy way that might make your job stressful. Like either they'll talk too much or they could go rogue or you have to have like the bleep button ready. In short, yes. <laughs> that's that's the extent Damn of that it. answer. <laughs> All right, fair. Are there any, in your time at today, are there any, like, bloopers, mishaps, anything that, like, went super wrong that stands out to you that viewers may or may not have noticed? Most of the time, the, the bloopers and things that go wrong are, are going to be only noticeable to people who work in production or in television. Or you notice for a moment someone looked at the wrong camera or a mic malfunction or something like that. The more obvious bloopers end up on YouTube or on that show. Joel McHale used to have the soup. Oh, the soup. Oh, yeah. I loved the soup. You, can you probably rely. hate it. So, I love the soup. Okay. I was going to say, do like, 
does everyone you work with, was it like, oh God, are we going to end up on it this week? Or is it funny? They embraced it. They okay. brought him on and they would talk about it. It became very meta. You know? I forgot about that show. I loved that show. They would do a segment that ended up on the soup and then they'd bring on Joel and he would talk about it and then we'd go back and forth. But yeah, anything else that kind of goes wrong that way, um, you know, in today's day and age, you will see it online. So. All right. I have a list mm-hmm. that I'm going to bring out. Okay. Like I said, I'm a Today Show super fan. I love all things. I think NBC does a great job. I want to get your take on your role of some big Today-specific events. I want to know what you think of them. First, because it's timely, the Rockefeller tree lighting. I saw that. Were you on the truck bringing in the tree? Yeah. For the last um, four or five years, I've, I've ridden in the cab with the driver. It's, it's been one of my favorite traditions now. The tree will come in that morning and they park it on the side of the street on 49th Street. And then at eight o'clock sharp on the Today Show, it rolls in on camera. So I'm the one in the cab of the truck telling the driver when to start and if he needs to speed up or slow down. Does the tree ever get does the tree ever get stuck in traffic? I don't know, because when I show up to work, it's just sitting there it's waiting there. for us. Yeah, um, I love that. And then are you're at the actual tree lighting, too. So you're not yes. just like 430 a.m. to 11. You also do these other special events during holiday season. It can get a little bit busy and, and occasionally I'll have the again, another really fun privilege to work on the tree lighting. So days like that, well, I'll be done at 11 and then I walk across the street and work with a different team on this other production called Christmas Rockefeller Center. And that's the tree lighting. And. Yeah, that goes right up till 10 p.m. like it did this year. So and then those you are go long days. right back for that 3.30 alarm. Yes. Because it's not like, oh, well, I'm going to you know, come in late tomorrow. Where I don't get my nap in. What is your role during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Uh, the past few years, my role has been to be with um, one or two of the anchors. This past year was with uh, Hoda and Savannah in uh, Herald Square. So they do the Today Show before the parade starts. And then once... The, their hits for the Today Show are finished, I was done. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, you I get to go have Thanksgiving. 8.06 this year. It was, Not I, bad. Yeah, so I was able to uh, do what I needed that day after that. All right, we need to talk about Halloween on the plaza. That's okay. like a big thing. It's a big thing. It's it's uh, it's quite the Who's day. in charge of coming up with the concept and the ideas? Uh, we have a team of producers, and they're the ones responsible for deciding the themes and Kind of making sure they work for everyone involved and executing it. I feel like that has to be really hard in today's times. You yeah, have to be hard. like. I mean, they work hard because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of. A lot of ways to offend. Fields. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to offend. Yep. I mean, listen, I'm not involved in those conversations. I see Good. the finished product because, um, I mean, for my job, I always like to tell people when they ask me how it works is the producers deal with the, the what. And then uh, my team uh, of stage managers and the director, we do the how. So once the what is decided, we make sure it happens to the best of our ability so it looks perfect. You're the execution guy. Um, tell me about the concerts. What happens when Justin Bieber's coming on for the concert on Friday morning and there's like a major thunderstorm predicted? Is everyone, is Al Roker freaking out or? No, I mean, rain, unless there's heavy lightning, um, is usually not a cause to change our plans. I mean, some of the, best concerts that we've we've broadcasted have been in the pouring rain uh, i remember a few years ago lady gaga did one and it just looked great i mean she owned i it mean she's amazing she was yeah. amazing it was pouring and crazy outside and that was it yeah the concerts would only change honestly if, if the news was across the country was different 
So if there okay. were tornadoes or fires and things like that or big hurricanes, then uh, our producers may deem it not appropriate to have a concert and uh, would change. But and the artists are always down to do it or... Like Lady Gaga is cool. I feel like there are some artists who would be like, I'm not performing in the pouring rain in 50 um, degrees. Most most people are, are very happy to go along with what we need. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. Okay. The Olympics. You came in here with like a Sochi backpack and like all your cool Olympic swag that you just casually wear. Tell me about working at the Olympics. How many have you done? Um, the first Olympics I did was London. So four. Okay. I've been really lucky that London was the first and it was about a year into my job as a stage manager. Um, so I did London, Sochi, Rio, and we just did Pyeongchang in South Korea. Was it awesome? Amazing. They're all amazing. Okay. Definitely so my favorite part of my job. The Olympics is your favorite part? Traveling, um, for the show and, and for the job, but specifically traveling for the Olympics and doing so, our show there. What else gets you to travel? Like what other, when, uh, when else are you on the road or doing stuff on location? Uh, generally when there's, when the bulk of the show picks up and, and relocates somewhere, um, I've been, I've been taken in the past. So an event from, you know, ranges from the Pope stepping down. We spent a few days in Rome to, uh, any sort of tragedy that might happen. So I, you know, sometimes I go places like the Olympics for a lot of fun and great reasons, other times we travel uh, to cover other events that are definitely uh, more tragic and heartbreaking. So I've been to Pittsburgh and Las Vegas and Paris to cover events like that in the last couple of years. Um, but then sometimes we'll just go to D.C. to cover something politically related, whether it's the inauguration or just recently we went down for the funeral. So it really ranges. It depends what's going on in the news and... Um, you know, sometimes we'll we'll just go down and do a segment in the Harry Potter world in Universal. So it's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I like so your really job just, a lot. It ranges. Does it make you immune to the news at all? Like when there's, you know, when tragedy strikes, are you looking at it from more of a I'm a stage manager and how are we going to cover it perspective? Or how does that sort of work emotionally? Uh, I think to a degree, yes, I, I need to take a step back and, and just focus on how to do my job because um, someone's relying on us to get the news out and we have to make sure it happens. So it's hard to insert emotion. Sure, it's going to take its toll eventually, but it's hard to, in the moment, you know, I, I really need to separate myself and just make sure that we're focusing on doing the job we're supposed to do. How fun are the people who show up on the plaza every day? Uh, these are super fans. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Watch the show tomorrow in the dead of winter. These people will show up, rain, sun, snow, sleet. It's just, and they come and they're dressed, you know, they're in their finest plaza clothes. And I mean like Christmas lights and they're dressed like Christmas trees or they've got their college costumes on and their uniforms, whether it's March Madness, you know, whatever's going on, they're dressed for it. All right, be honest. Who are the people on the plaza generally most excited to see? And I don't mean the guests. I mean of the anchors. Uh, definitely Sonny, our yeah. puppy with a purpose. Yeah, True. Mm -hmm. How's Sonny doing? Yeah, he's great. You, I feel like you bond with those dogs. That is my other favorite part of my job. <laughs> we get to meet an extraordinary amount of animals, primarily dogs and puppies, and it's the best. Uh, I'm just going to say that right now. I mean, we, we've had three puppies... Um, 
kind of grow up to be guide dogs at the studio and they've been awesome. <laughs> it's worth putting out there to everyone listening that I did request for Sonny to be here today. You did. Sonny had a prior engagement. I apologize on his behalf. <laughs> He's so cool. He's so popular. Uh, that's awesome. Pause. It is time for a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Aftershocks. All right, let's get right to the point here. Aftershocks makes the best wireless headphones for runners. The wraparound style headphones are lightweight, weather resistant, and perhaps best of all, they are designed for both comfort and safety. The Trex Air and Trex Titanium model headphones use bone conduction technology to send the sound waves into your ears. Now, all of that is just a fancy way of saying you can still hear your surroundings when you're wearing a pair of Aftershocks. Every single person I know who has bought a pair of Aftershocks headphones has immediately become obsessed, and you should be one of those people. If you haven't bought a pair yet, stop waiting. Waiting is so lame. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com and save $50 on Trex Air and Trex Titanium Endurance Bundles. You're going to love them. I love them. Everyone loves them. Get on board and let's get back to the show. One thing we haven't touched on at all, as this is the Alley on the Run show, you are a runner. Yes. Okay. So before I get your whole running story, which I want, I want to know, when do you run? It's a good question. Um, so when I started running, I would try to squeeze it in right after work. You know, way back um, the first the first time I ran in 2014, uh, I say way back, it was only four years ago. Uh, yeah, we have a gym at NBC, and I would try to squeeze in my workouts every day after the show before I go home and tell myself I'm not doing anything the rest of the day because I just want to nap. All right, so let's talk about that story. It's interesting that you did mention that your first run was only four years ago. So tell me about tell me your story. You were in Men's Health. We've seen you. We've seen your story there. Uh, How did you become a runner? Um, okay, so I originally started running with the goal of losing weight. And, you know, I had played volleyball in college and I'd done sports in high school and I always kind of kept in some sort of shape pretty much until college was over. Then it just went downhill. The 20s were just inactive just for almost a decade. And every year would go by and I'd tack on more weight and become more out of shape until it was just a moment I had, you know, I just sat up one morning I'm kind of holding my, my gut, my tire. <laughs> and I've just picked a random number and just said to myself, I need to lose 30 pounds. Like I just need to do it. Like I feel terrible. I'm out of breath tying my shoes. I need to do it. And I would say that a lot. That didn't just happen. And I started. So one day I just followed through and I bought some new gym clothes. I joined the gym at work and I went in for uh, an evaluation and the fitness trainer there fitness specialist gave me gave me like a little run through of different exercises to do and about five or six minutes in I uh, had to cut it short to go vomit in the bathroom uh, yep twice so that day was over <laughs> but I came back the next day and I got on the treadmill and I decided I was gonna run three miles whether fresh it, out of the gate that's it and no matter how long it took so I started doing interval running do like run for a minute and a half walk for 30 seconds and I would do that at really slow paces until I reached three miles. And I did that every day, seven days a week for 10 weeks. 
Don't know if that's a great plan. I was going to say, maybe throw in a couple rest days if you're listening. But it it was, and at the same time, I changed my diet completely. All at the same time. Overhaul, same day. And this wasn't like New Year's Day. This wasn't necessarily a Monday. This This was was just a day. September 15th or 16th, 2014, on a Tuesday. This was a Tuesday. Okay. So for anyone out there, I know I do it all the time. I'll like go into the week on a Monday and I'm like, I'm going to eat so great. By Monday afternoon, I've had like 14 Oreos. And so then I'm like, well, I'll start next Monday. Like, I'm not going to start on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I push it a whole week. You started on a Tuesday. I started on a Tuesday right before, I guess, what I know now is called marathon season comes and goes. Like right before the winter. Right before other people call it bulking season. And I just, (laughs) I went for it. I mean, I did it for 10 weeks and I lost 30 pounds. In 10 weeks. 10 weeks, 30 pounds. My jeans were just sliding off me every day. So feeling pretty good. I was feeling good. Um, and then I just kept going. My goal wasn't to look a certain way. It wasn't to hit a very specific number. It was to lose a general amount of weight and feel better, not be out of shape. Uh, but once I started and I saw kind of what the body's capable of and what you can do if you put your mind to it, um, I picked up a few training sessions with the trainers in the gym there they added in some, some weight training for me to do three times a week in between running. And I kind of cut the running down a little bit to, uh, go easy on my body. And uh, after another couple months, I lost another 20 or 30 pounds and yeah, it just kind of became this, this thing. And I realized it was not only doable, but I had done it and now I have to keep doing it and keep it off. Yeah. So what's life like now? Obviously you, you've run two marathons. You just ran the New York city marathon. So belated congratulations. Thank you. Uh, what's your lifestyle look like now? Um, interestingly, it's, it's very similar to how I kind of formulated a routine and and program for myself back then. I mean, I've, I've, I stick to the same kind of diet and routine during the week. I try to eat healthy Monday through, through Friday go nuts on the weekend and just eat clean and be consistent with with my exercise whether it's running or uh, doing some some strength or whatever it is just being consistent and, and doing it no matter how tired I feel or how bad I feel one day or how inconvenient it is just do it just do it all right I've heard that advice somewhere before. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know where. It came from somewhere. <laughs> so they... But is that hard when you're on the road, when you're traveling, when you know, you're talking about, for example, doing the tree lighting. So you just worked basically like twenty four hours straight. You're starting to do it all over again. On days like that, are you ever just like, screw it, I'm ordering six pizzas, or are you at the point where that's how your life is and it's kind of your routine? More of the latter. I'll just fit it in where I can. So if it's a quick lunch break. I'll use my lunch break to do that. Um, I'll, I'll avoid it if, if I physically can't find the time in the day to, to go work out. Like sometimes if I'm traveling or if, if we're on the air for a really long time, there's just no time. So we'll just pick it up again the next day. Um, just to touch on one, one other point, I will say that traveling actually provides this new opportunity for me that I love, which is to run in a new place. So when we do travel with the show... I just look at it as an opportunity to run through a new city. So I've gone to run through some really awesome places just because I've been there for work between, you know, the Olympics running in South Korea or in Rio or in Paris or Rome, you know, these exotic, amazing places I had never been to on my own before. 
I'd go for work. And now with this new kind of routine, I just see it as an opportunity to go out and see the city that way. Are there any other runners on your team? I don't really re- recruit that much. <laughs> I, I, mean, the, I feel like people who want to run will go at work. There's a few other people at the show who do run and they've done the marathon uh, in the past. And I know a few of my colleagues are doing the NYC half coming up. So, you know, we kind of, whenever we all see each other, we all stop in the hall and immediately talk running like a bunch of nerds. And that's what always happens when running. I mean, hello, that's what we do. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, so I I try not to push my lifestyle on anyone, but I'm always more than happy to, you know, give my insight or, or, or to tell people what worked for me when they ask. Okay. So part of working on the Today Show is you've met pretty much everyone who's anyone. Lots of celebrities, politicians, all kinds of famous people. Who is your favorite? So I've, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of interesting, whether it's celebrities or dignitaries or politicians, uh, including the last four presidents, but only one sitting president have I met, and that was President Obama. So when the I was about a year into my job as a stage manager, I remember my boss calling me and saying very casually, so what are you doing this weekend? And I said, oh, well, I have these plans and this and this. I'm busy. I can't. He's like, oh, okay, uh, cool. So we want you to go to D.C. to the White House. Can you change your plans? I was like, oh, I I don't have plans anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Those plans were made up. Everything's been rearranged. (laughs) What am I doing? And he said, yeah, we're doing this interview with the president during halftime of the Super Bowl. NBC had the Super Bowl that year. So that means they had the interview with the president that year. And I went down and it was just the coolest thing ever. I was, again, a year into my job. This was one of the first trips they brought me on. And going to the White House to be in the same room as the president, I just remember was was the most fascinating experience of my life. You know, we got it all set up and he walks in and you just kind of just, oh man, this is happening. And just having to do my job and them in that moment and keep my cool while I was giving cues and counting down, it was it was pretty amazing. And then afterwards, um, he shook all our hands and we took a photo of him holding a football, sitting in my living room. And, Wait, you uh, got to keep the football? No, the uh, oh the photo. <laughs> I was like, why did you get it? That's so cool. But the photo, that's cool too. <laughs> the photo is probably in the Smithsonian. I mean, the football is probably in the Smithsonian. Yeah. Photos in my <laughs> living room. And uh, yeah, it was home. Later that night, you know, it was quick, but um, yeah, I'll never forget it because uh, that was uh, one of the first times I was ever in the White House and being there for that reason. Yeah. And you've also met Michelle Obama. I have. She, she was came, on very recently. She came on the show recently and it was, it was really a pleasure to work but with But was her. that the first time that you had met her or had you yes. met her before? It was. Yeah. What's she like? I'm a, Amazing. I love her. Just charismatic, charming, and so nice to work with. Any other really cool guests that stand out to you? Uh, Betty White. Really? Oh, absolutely. What is it about Betty White? I she's mean, Betty White, but... Besides being a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's, she has that, that persona. When she's in the room, she just makes everybody feel better. She's just one of those people. And um, our studio photographer at the time, this was also one of my first couple years, he caught this, this amazing moment. I don't know what I was saying to her, but we're both laughing. And... Somehow I got her to smile, and it's just like this amazing photo that is also sitting in my living room. <laughs> next um, to the football. Yeah, next to the <laughs> Exactly. You're an outdoor runner now, clearly. 
Yes. But you said you got your start on a treadmill. I did. What brought you to the great outdoors? So, um, a little bit after I had started, it was almost like March or April 2015, and I had planned a trip to Hawaii um, by myself. And I had mentioned it to uh, Natalie, one of our anchors. Natalie and Morales. And she we says, know her. You're going there. You you got to run outside. And I said, No, I don't. I don't do that. I'm more in of a Hawaii. Treadmill guy. You were gonna run on a treadmill in Hawaii. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and she she pushed me, and she said, You need to run outside. And I've barely run indoors since then. That that definitely pushed me out. So was that your very first outdoor run in Hawaii? Yeah, I think it was. It's a pretty good place to start, I would say. Yeah, it was hot, but it was it was beautiful. Yep. You go, you lose all this weight, you have this healthy lifestyle. If I recall correctly, they put you on camera for a hot second to talk about it. If I recall, during the fourth hour of the Today Show, Kathy Lee and Hoda had a field day with you. Yeah, they... Yeah, I did was, my uh, research on YouTube.com. <laughs> yeah, it was a little embarrassing. By little, I mean it was very embarrassing. They basically said so you were in men's health. You were featured in men's health. Yeah, How they, did that happen? Um, we feature the the men's health uh, mm-hmm. man of the year every year. So we'll have on the staff. And you know, I've kind of worked with them for a while. And they noticed over uh, the period of a few months to a year that I was kind of changing. And they said, why don't you be our guy of the month for, you know, our regular guy of the month for January in this upcoming issue. And I said, yeah, that sounds fun. And that was it. They set me up with this talented photographer. We did this run, like fake run in Central Park in November. And they took some photos and they put it in a magazine. And so then Kathy Lee and Hoda get it in their hands. Well, if I remember correctly, John Krasinski was on the cover. I didn't make yep. the cover. It was, it was John Krasinski. You didn't make the no, cover. I didn't do it. That's coming soon. And then... Um, you know, they were they were talking about it that day and then they flipped to page 10. They're like, also, we have one of our guys in there. And then, you know, they showed me and it was it was fun. You know, it was all good fun. So they went on this mission. They were like, you were single at the time. And they were like, we are going to set you up right now. And like, if I recall, you held up a little sign with your Instagram handle or Twitter or whatever it was at the time. Yes. At the time, um, I had my site set on my first half marathon which was the New York City half. And I thought, you know what? This is embarrassing, but I'm going to make the most out of this because I was raising money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for team and training. And what better way to do it than get all these eyeballs on my <laughs> you know, fundraising page? So I picked up my handle. My follower count got bumped up, but so did my <laughs> donations. And I made my quota in a day. So That's amazing. <laughs> it was great. So it worked for you. Kathy Lee and Hoda, they wanted to get you set up on dates. That was how my did focus from that. <laughs> clearly. But for them, how did that play? How did that part play out? Nah, were they, they successful? Were well, no, yeah, we, we didn't really, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I really uh, let them follow through on that, that angle. I think the amazing. producer wanted to do like a dating game and this, and I just. Uh, oh, they were going to run with it. <laughs> I don't think, um. Yeah, I, I didn't think I want to turn that shade of red on television. Amazing. Uh, you said you were raising money for team and training. Did you have a personal yeah. connection? Or I know a lot of people start with them because they have a great support system with coaching. What brought you to team and training? I do have a personal connection. My grandfather passed from multiple myeloma, and my mother currently has not She's doing great. And uh, it was just seemed like a natural fit to do something like that and raise money for that cause. I also had done some volunteer work with them in the past. So it was just, it was a nice synergetic partnership to kind of raise money for them 
And what made you want to race in general? Because a lot of people start running, you know, to lose weight, to get healthy. Not everyone does races. You're now like all in on the racing scene. You're like Mr. New York Roadrunners over here. What made you want to do races? I wanted the challenge. I mean, I challenged myself to start after almost a decade of not challenging myself in a way um, when it came to my fitness. So once I got to a point where I felt a little stagnant, um, you know, I was working out, I, I got in shape and I was keeping it off. I felt like I wanted to do a little more. I had started with um, a couple of roadrunner races and then I signed up for the half. And I just wanted to see mostly if I, if I could do it because I never thought I'd be able to run more than three miles when I started, um, let alone three miles straight without stopping or walking. So I wanted to see if I could do it. And then once I did it, you know, I wanted to see what else I could do. All right. So let's put this in perspective here. The first time you were on that gym treadmill and you wanted to do three miles, do you remember how long it took you? Yeah, about 35 minutes. Okay. So what's that, like 11 minute pace? Math is hard for me. And that's assuming that I would do a consistent pace. Right. <laughs> it's a lot right. of walking Walk running. and a lot of jogging. Great yeah. way to start. Yeah. That's the great way to start. Good way to, to also drop pounds. Yeah. Absolutely. You just ran the, what is it, the Ted Corbett? Yeah, the Ted Corbett 15K. 15K. What was your average pace for that race last weekend? Uh, 6.55. Okay. So you've gotten a little bit faster. I've gotten a little faster. I've had a lot of help. <laughs> but I've gotten, gotten a little faster, thankfully. And it's it's been, you know, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the first thing you just said was that you had a lot of help. I did. I mean, I ran for three years on my own. Three and a half years solo just me and my headphones and I was so reliant on them I could not run if I didn't bring my headphones and if I forgot them when I went to work that day uh, I just couldn't run I'd have to go home and figure out a way to run later and you know cancel my nap because that's a regularly scheduled oh event that, that <laughs> happens every it day it should when your call uh, time is 4 30 a.m it is necessary <laughs> and once I um, started training for the marathon this year so that means I went through a few halves and, and one full marathon, all training on my own. And it was, it was fine, but that's it. It was just fine. Like I, I got it done and I didn't realize that there was more to the training process because even though I had trained with, uh, raised money for team and training, I hadn't really involved myself in their group runs. It just didn't fit schedule wise. So until I started training for the most recent marathon and I started training with a group, I didn't realize the capabilities and the, the benefits available for group training, which was really nice. Well, I think you should take some credit on your own too. First three years, you said you were totally by yourself. Are yes. you very modest and humble? That's the impression I'm getting. Do you see yourself that way? I think to say anything other than, <laughs> I don't like so to. Yes. <laughs> I think you should be like, I kick ass. I got super motivated one day and I put in the work. Like you didn't do the quick fix thing. Like you've done an amazing job. Thank you. I mean, I, in the end, as most runners know, unless you're, you're all the way up there, the only person you're, you're racing and competing against is yourself. And I, that's, that's kind of the beauty of the sport. You know, I'm, I trash talk myself. I congratulate myself. It's all it's all you. And yes, you do it with other people. But in the end, it's it's the challenges you put forth that you can overtake. And, you know, whether it was, you know, I don't like to say dieting. So the changes I made with with my eating, 
I, I don't believe in diets. I just don't because diets end. And it's corny and, and cheesy as it sounds. You've all heard the phrase, you have to make a lifestyle change. It's, it's the only thing that works. So that was a different kind of challenge. And that was just me too. Which was harder, changing the what you were eating or getting into the fitness side of things? Food. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's my struggle too. Terribly. And by terribly, I mean it was awesome. (laughs) I have peanut (laughs) M&Ms in my coat pocket right now. And I don't mean in the bag. I mean, on my way out the door, I grabbed a handful and just stuck them in my pocket. So maybe I need you to be my nutrition coach. I mean, I'm not a professional by any means. So whenever people ask me, I can say, again, I don't know what worked for you. I can tell you what worked for me. But if I would tell you the things I ate before I changed the way I ate, it would just... It's it would, probably what I'm eating right now, Yosef. <laughs> I'm talking about like <laughs> French fry sandwiches in between potato chips. Like it was bad. That See, I see it that as amazing, innovative. bad. <laughs> I think that you are a vision. Okay. Couple questions before we sprint to the finish. I want to know what has been the most rewarding part of your career so far? The most rewarding part of my career, I would say, has been able to say that I've been part of these historical moments, whether it's the most recent one that I went to the, the funeral for President Bush or the, um, the Olympics or whatever it is, just having that little part uh, of history be part of my career is kind of something that I wouldn't give up for anything. Are you a risk taker or do you play it safe? I would say a a good healthy dose of both just to ride that fence a little bit. I mean, (laughs) taking a a 180 career change was definitely a risk and it's, it's paid off. Um, that was a big one since then. There's been a few here and there, but, um, I, I like to have, um, consistency. So I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty, I don't know, I'm pretty careful about the decisions I make. Your goal four years ago was to not be out of breath when you were tying your shoes. What's the next goal? The next fitness goal, aside from just continuing to run, would be um, just really chopping off my time since the Boston qualifying time for my age and gender is just so unattainable is it for me right now. It is 3.05, okay. with, with, even with the new five-minute yep. pushback. You could do that. Oh, You could definitely nice do you. that. You just ran 6.55 for 15K, which is like basically a marathon. I mean... <laughs> it's been a while since I've run a marathon, but that's how it works, right? No, but definitely. seriously. Just keep I've doing seen, that for like yeah, many more miles. And then yeah. get faster. Um, that's you could dream. do it. You know, we we had this program this summer, and they asked us what our crazy dream was with, with Nike. And for me, it was to to run all six major world marathons, and that includes Boston. And yeah, there's a lot of ways to get a bib, but I think to really challenge myself and get it the way that would make me most proud of myself would be the best. Love it. I totally think you can do it, and I think you can do it within like a year. That's very generous just putting it out there see that's how much i believe in you see i'm not modest when it comes to you i'm i'm all in just do it what is your best piece of career advice based on what you have done yourself and what you've learned in your own career don't just sit at home in front of a computer when you're applying to jobs i mean you really need to shake out every connection you have 
Okay. So get those meetings. Talk to people. I like that a lot. My last question before we sprint to the finish. This question is from an anonymous listener. Is 33 years old too late to pursue a career as a Today Show anchor? I don't think anything's ever too late. It's me. <laughs> I'm the anonymous listener. <laughs> I don't no, think I'm kidding. But I think that would be cool. I, mean, I would tell anyone to go for, go for your dream. I love that. All right. Let's go for the dream. Let's sprint to the finish. You ready? All right. What would your last meal on earth be? Blueberry pancakes. French fried chip sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought that sounded really cool. Blueberry pancakes is good too. Yeah. Favorite post run snacker meal. Okay. Uh, going off my last answer, it's going to be a giant omelet and then either uh, blueberry or banana pancakes and uh, or French toast. Nice. I order two breakfasts. After I run. <laughs> my next question always. was going to be order in, go out or cook. For meals like that, always go out. Yeah, I've, I've got my spots and I know the food I like and I eat lots of it. Especially in New York. They make it pretty easy for you. They really do. <laughs> you can get the best meal of your life within like a block. Yes. <laughs> and be, have choices. It would be wrong not to. <laughs> Favorite movie? Ooh, it's a toss up between uh, Shawshank and Forrest Gump. Favorite TV show? Favorite TV show would have to be Seinfeld. You're supposed to say the Today Show. <laughs> but fair stuck with nbc so because i mean when, once i did get my own tv which by the way i i bought this little pocket television when i was uh, in ninth grade and i snuck it in my house mm -hmm. got all my seinfeld reruns and that was kind of my tv education so i didn't even ask mm -hmm. when you decided to pursue tv were your parents like no or um, they were like he's gonna do what he wants I think they, they came around to it and okay. were more proud of me than disappointed, which is, I guess, all you could hope for. <laughs> so do they have a TV now or still no? Uh, still no. So they don't get to see what you do? I'll send them clips. Okay. That's allowed. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. It's on the internet. They can watch it. Fair. Well, by they, I mean my mom. My dad, <laughs> he still calls me for movie times. That's adorable. Bless his heart. Oh. <laughs> what is your greatest fear? Uh, failing with a goal that I've set for myself. Favorite race you've ever run? Favorite race? I'd have to say it was this year's marathon. New York City Marathon. Definitely. Uh, who is your favorite person to have perform on the Today Show? That's a good question. I would say a lot of the performances, when they're happening, some of them might be amazing, but only once they really become successful do you look back on them and realize... Wow, that was a real moment when someone like Adele came in to sing Rolling in the Deep or Ed Sheeran came in to sing the first time. And at the time, you'd think, wow, these people are really talented. This is amazing. But then four or five years later, when you realize how how talented and successful they've become and you realize you kind of were part of that, that moment on one of their first TV appearances, those, those become retroactively your favorites. All right, so if tomorrow morning the team came to you and said, Yosef, you're in charge of booking next summer's concerts. Who's the first artist you would want to book? Ooh, that's a fun question too. Um, so, it, you know, it, the concerts on our plaza, you can't always just go with like your favorite artist because... Yeah, but this is the Alley on the Run show, so you can. You're like, you're so, you're thinking about the how, and I need you to think about the what. I mean, right now, I think Imagine Dragons on the plaza would just be awesome. Uh, if you tomorrow, they say, Yosef, we need you to book any celebrity for the show. Who would you want to have on? Tom Hanks. 
Ah, oh, that's like everyone's answer. Uh, he's America's dad. Yeah, I mean, he's David S. Pumpkins. I mean, he's just, the best. He's the best. Okay, I love that. You're literally like the third person in entertainment I've had on the show. You've all said Tom Hanks. He's just, I mean. It's adorable. I, I can watch his movies all day. Uh, would you rather do a tempo run or 400 meter repeats? Tempo. Favorite running season, winter, spring, summer, fall? Summer. Like the height of hot summer because I cannot deal with the winter. <laughs> Favorite place to run in New York City? Central Park. Where did you have your first real kiss? In the movie theater, watching American Beauty. I was going to ask if you remember the movie. That's like a yeah. little dark and twisty movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was in 10th uh, <laughs> grade. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Uh, travel alone. If you could go for a run with anyone, who would it be? It would be... I'm going to have to go with the most smiley man in running, Kipchoge. Yeah. I mean, I would just, we wouldn't even have to talk. I would just want to see him smile just for all, all of the miles. Where do you go to relax? I go to the movies. What has been the best day of your life so far? Oh, that's a really good question. I cannot say I've thought about that. Probably I, if I had to pick a moment, I remember finding out I got into the page program and that my life was changing. I mean, that was up there. Tell me three things you love about yourself. I like... My discipline that I've created for myself. Okay, that's one. I need two more. I like... Um, <laughs> this should be easy. I can think of like a thousand things for you. Okay. Three things I like about myself. Was love about yourself. Love about myself. Love. I love... <laughs> oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why we do this. It's a good exercise. This is what I should have asked Jess advice about. <laughs> Jess did a great job, and so can you. You got this. I love my independence, and I love my connection to my family. Love those. Yeah. I hope you spend the rest of the day thinking of even more, because there's a million. Thank you. All right, I need one more thing from you. I need you to give everyone listening a reason to run today. I like to run mostly for myself, but when I think about those who can't, you know, that's what really motivates me sometimes. You know, the, the cause I ran for always made me remember that so you know if you're feeling down or tired or or whatever it is just think of running for those that can love it i look forward to cheering you on at the boston marathon someday soon Ooh, i know you can do that Ooh, that's that's a stretch <laughs> uh thank you for coming on the show i have loved nerding out on all things today show i know that you're like this is my job i think it's the coolest thing i love your job you do great work um thank you if Celine Dion ever comes back, hit me up. <laughs> but keep doing great things. Thank you for sharing your very inspiring story. And I hope you have a great run tonight. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah, I just fangirled hard for Yosef and his super cool job. I'm not ashamed. I love this stuff. I hope you love this episode too. And the next time you're watching Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb running through the day's headlines, give a little nod to Yosef, who's off camera making all the magic happen. All right, now I'm going to ask for three favors. First, make sure you subscribe to the Alley on the Run show. You're listening, so you've already found the show. Good job. But make sure you hit that little subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Second, please consider leaving a rating and review for the show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I have big plans for 2019, and you're part of them. And the more we can grow the show and this community, the more fun we'll all get to have. 
thank you to everyone who has already gone ahead and done this, by the way. And third, follow along. I'm Allie on the Run One on Instagram and Twitter, and there are all kinds of goodies on the Allie on the Run Facebook page, so make sure you like that too. Oh, okay, I lied. I have a fourth thing. Go get yourself or a loved one a pair of Aftershocks wireless headphones. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on all Trex Air and Trex Titanium endurance bundles. Now go be brave, be confident, and thanks for joining me on the run.